Buongiorno and welcome to my podcast, My Way of Thinking, or My What for short, hosted by me, Lee Greeno, here live from the Man Cave every week. Hope you're all doing well. Weather's gone a bit shitty. I think we've had the last of the summer um, because currently you probably may hear the rain absolutely hammering down. But that's not going to stop us being positive. That is not going to stop us, and we're going to listen to this amazing podcast. Now, uh, those stories that we have on my what, they're all about amazing human beings, us, and they can must had <coughs> a frog in my throat then. I was so angry about the rain, it's just, I've lost my voice. Uh, <laughs> it can vary massively with the guests I'll be interviewing, but you'll always be able to take a little bit of our voice or insight into how extraordinary we can all be. You can all be extraordinary. Now, remember four rules, one, no bullshitting, two, no judging, three, no negativity, and four, have fun. Now, today I am talking to Bianca Warwick. Uh, Bianca um, does a podcast called Don't Kick Me Out. Uh, She lives in San Diego, uh, and she's a great, great girl. And uh, we have a great chat because she, she, her husband's in the army, and she suffers from imposter syndrome, and this really interests me. So we could dive into that quite a bit. So make sure you listen in because it is an interesting conversation, uh, and we try and have a bit of fun as well along the way. So make sure you keep listening in. Uh, this is my chat with Bianca. Okay, so welcome to my way of thinking today. My guest is all the way from San Diego. It is Bianca. It's Warwick, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> How are you, Bianca? I'm doing well, and I appreciate the the blindness into pronouncing names because I always ask, but then I panic, even if I know the pronunciation, because uh, I do have a little bit of a Midwest accent, just a little bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But the worst thing is, I have done it before, because I do a, a radio show over here in the UK, and I had a guest on, and I guessed her surname, uh, and I got it wrong all through the show. And so now, <laughs> so now I always say... Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> Very professional. Okay, excellent. Right, we've got lots to cover today, but before we start the show, I always like to just talk about some fun facts or something light-hearted, because the news is quite depressing just recently. Um, and I wanted to talk, I know you currently live in San Diego. How long mm-hmm. have you been there? Uh, just shy. It'll be two years in April. Okay. So, okay. yeah, just cool. just a little bit. Yeah, well, I've got some fun facts about San Diego. You may oh know them. <laughs> you may know them, you may not, but mm-hmm. we will find out. Uh, it's quite funny when I do this with people, sort of in Taiwan, I did it with a guy, uh, and some of the things he was like, no, that's not, that's not true. I was like, <laughs> Google, you liar. The internet lies. <laughs> okay, right. So, uh, first one, the first person to drive across the Coronado Bridge, is it? Was Ronald Reagan? Yeah, mm-hmm. was Ronald Reagan in 1969 after it was completed, and he became governor of California. Did you know that? <laughs> yes, that is that is absolutely true. Um, and uh, the Coronado Bridge, it used to be a toll road. Now it is no longer a toll road, yeah. um, but it, go, it connects up to Coronado Island, and um, it's very very expensive to live there. Yeah. Um, so I don't go there very often. Plus, the driving over the bridge freaks me out. Does it? high up. And any of my friends that live in Coronado, because there's an a, a air station, 
the yeah. air stations on that side. Um, my, my friends, like, they'll be like, Oh, sorry, I can't get here for like 45 minutes. The bridge is shut down. Someone jumped off. So oh, it's yeah. uh, it's a very interesting kind of creepy bridge. Yeah. I mean, it looks, I've seen photos of it in the Huge. past and it, it looks massive. It just goes on forever. Um, so yeah. Okay. Excellent. Right. Next one. Uh, Cameron Diaz was born in San Diego in 1972. Ever seen her popping around the shops? No. <laughs> she's gone off the charts a bit, hasn't she? Um, uh, I, yeah, I haven't really seen anything she's done recently. No, no. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that one up. But anyway, right now, this one is an interesting one. WD-40 was invented in San Diego in 1953. It took about 40 attempts to perfect the recipe and was first used on the Atlas missile and then rockets afterwards. What should you know what WD forty is? Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, there's like a lot of stuff they're testing out here. You know, is there a lot of creaking hinges and stuff like that? Uh, I mean, it, well, we have because we have like somewhat of a coastal climate. Uh, it like we have pretty hard water where I live, and also you know you have like that sea breeze, and so yeah. things tend to rust a lot faster. <laughs> that would be it. Uh, right, next one. Fallbrook in San Diego is the avocado capital of the world. Last year, the avocado festival attracted over seventy thousand people. Now, this interests me because I've never got on with avocados. What's what's is that true? Uh, yeah, it is true. Uh, actually, I don't know if this is a fact of yours, so I apologize if it is. Cool. Jason Mraz, who's that singer, he owns an avocado farm in Oceanside, and we just have the perfect climate for it. Now, however, my husband and I bought an avocado sapling tree. Oh, and we were like, oh, we're going to put it, we're going to plant it in our garden. Yeah. And um, that thing's dying. Like, they're, they're really hard to grow. There's like yeah. a myth that you have to like whack it with a machete. I don't know. All I know is that any plants I put in, in my soil dies. So yeah. I just, I have, I have fake grass. I'm going to get fake flowers. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, cool. It's supposed to be really good for you, but I don't, they're very bland, aren't they? I don't, I don't really eat them over here, <laughs> but we do get them. Uh, now, this one makes me sick. San Diego's average year-round temperature is 70 degrees. Uh, this makes it perfect for surf, of course. Now, we were going to go, me and the family were going to go to California a couple of years, but we never did. It's one of those places I want to visit. Is it true? Is the weather that perfect there? So, yes. It's normally a nice 75. If you see me looking over a bunch, I have a small puppy in here. And he oh, that's fine. Let's have a look at him. What sort okay, of dog hold is on. Let me. His name's Bourdain. Oh, nice. Oh, look at him. Bourdain. How cute is he? Oh, my God. How cute is he? He is a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. He's five <laughs> months old, and he's oh. teething on everything right now. <gasps> Bless. So, he's beautiful. So, yeah, so it is typically 70, 70, 70 to 75 degrees year round, um, but we do get um, what we, what's referred to as kind of like an Indian summer. Yeah. And I, it just, right now with the wildfires and all of that, like it was uh, over 100 degrees for the last couple of weeks. So yeah. that's not yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah. Is it really horrible when it's red hot? Is it quite stuffy? Or? Well, my power went out because our, uh, our, SDG&E, which is California's electricity company, they like to do this thing called rolling blackouts. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, it, it happened on the hottest day of the year. Oh, so. my God. 
Uh, right, last uh, two more. Now, the Travel Channel named the Whaley House Museum the, the country's most haunted house. Have you ever heard of this, the Whaley House Museum? No, but I'm terrified of ghosts. Oh, well, that, <laughs> that, that killed that fun fact. Well, apparently. I mean, when we bought our house, uh, I, there, there was this one house that we looked at. My husband was real into it. He's not into ghosts. He's not superstitious at all or anything yeah. like that. But I, I, got, I get creeped out. I don't know. Yeah. It's like an, the empath in me. And, uh, and, and he was like, we got to go in this basement. He's like, I could see myself putting like a woodshed down here. And I just got this like someone's been killed here vibe. And I was like, I got to go. <laughs> yeah wow uh, and then finally san diego has the most dog-friendly restaurant per capita in the country the dos sorry the most dog-friendly restaurants is that correct you can take your dog in all the restaurants over there. It, yeah it's weird because it's technically a health violation and only because of covid regulations now because you, you can you can bring your dog outdoors and they're fine with it um and I come from a rather dog friendly place before yeah. this, which is Denver. So it was weird to just like see dogs sitting at like the bar. Yeah. And at one point I saw a lady bring her parrot and a dog into a brewery. And I was like, this is bizarre. Wow. Wow. I'd love that. I've got two boxer dogs. I'll show you a picture of them actually. <laughs> and um, they're beautiful dogs, but I don't know if I'd take them to a restaurant because they'd just be a nightmare. That's, uh, that's a picture of Walter. Uh, can you <laughs> see it? I bet you can't see it, can you? Oh, cute. Yeah, that's Walter. And uh, we've got him uh, and his mother, uh, Alabama. I haven't got a picture. Oh, there's Alabama. There's Alabama. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's sweet. Alabama. So, yeah, they're beautiful dogs, but I don't know if I could take them to a restaurant, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, this one, this one's fine. He, he'll go. He just yeah. wants to sit in your lap, and he wants to meet everyone. He doesn't understand that not everyone wants to meet him. Oh, bless. Well, I'm sure he'll stop chewing things eventually, you hope. Oh, I don't worry about it. I'm like, we don't have children. So I'm like, you can chew on whatever you yeah. want. <laughs> it's fine. There's far worse things in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Bianca, I've got you on here. You, you've really got an interesting story. Obviously, I always ask people to start off with, tell us a little bit about growing up um, in America. I guess you were born in America mm -hmm. um, and sort of, where that led and obviously you met your husband. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I was born in Rochester, Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic. Um, my dad is an electrical engineer, so he was at the IBM campus. My parents are from Northern California. Um, so I lived in Minnesota till I was 10. I grew up ice skating, dancing, cheerleading, but I'm left-handed, so I just had two left feet with everything I did. <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm sure at a young age, that kind of played into what my podcast is about. But um, yeah. I moved to uh, Colorado when I was 10, and then I was, so I, I had fifth grade, which is right before you head into middle school. So um, I, everyone had, you know, been friends with each other since kindergarten, and yeah. I was the new kid, and that was really weird. And I was an early puberty person. So like I got made fun of, it was just like a whole nightmare. Yeah. And then of course, middle school is like, no one should, there's, you should just like black out middle school. Like you shouldn't even have to go yeah. periods of 10 to 13. Um, and then I went to high school. I was newspaper editor in high school, super creative, always doing something creative. Um, wanted to go to school for art, uh, college for art. Cause my parents told me I had to go to college. So I said, okay, I'll go f as far away from you as I can. And I, I, I stayed in state. I went to the University of Northern Colorado, which is a rather conservative 
um, but liberal arts focused college uh, up in up north in Colorado. And after that, I moved to Denver, dated a guy for two years, um, moved back in with my parents, traveled the country for a job. Um, I, do, I, I was working in marketing. And uh, since then, I've worked from startups, kind of millennial hopped my way around. Um, but in college, I was a radio DJ all through college, and I always liked it, but I wasn't sure that there was going to be much of a profession in it, because at the time, everything was conglomerating. Um, yeah. So I switched from journalism to advertising, and then that kind of turned into marketing. So I've kind of done everything from like working on the client side of things to the brand side of things to freelancing for myself. And to now, um, you know, I'm laid off based on the pandemic, but I was a marketing director for a branch of a fortune 500 company. So oh. I've kind of flown close to the sun in my career. And so when I got laid off, I kind of was like, okay, like I've always wanted to be on a podcast, be a podcast guest yeah. or have, you know, or start a podcast. And the podcast kind of came to me where yeah. I was like, man, every day at my job, I was thinking they were going to come in and tell me like, we figured it out, Bianca, like you oof, pack your stuff like get out. Um, you know, you're not, you're not meant to be here because of imposter syndrome, which yeah. is the feeling of, of, of being a failure, not being able to accept your own accomplishments, feeling like every single day, like you're a fraud. Um, and I, I would, it was kind of one of those things that I would talk to my friends about after, you know, a couple of beers or whatever and be like, yeah, I just don't think I'm qualified. Like, should I shouldn't be here, you know? And mm. then we talk each other up, be like, but you have 10 years of experience. Like, that makes so much sense. You should be there. Um, so that's kind of all of that. And then my husband and I met in Denver when he was stationed um, at Buckley Air Force Base on a joint communications billet. He's a lieutenant in the Navy. And um, never pictured myself being with someone in the military, but that's just kind of how it worked out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we now are in San Diego and we're on track to go to Hawaii next. So, oh, cool. So, right. Let's go back to the start then. So when you first found out about imposter syndrome, cause this interests me and I've heard of it quite a bit over the years, what, how did it affect you growing up? Did you find yourself shy? Did you have a lot of friends? How do you think it affected you when you were growing up? Well, I've always been like, a weird kid. I've always been rather <laughs> creative. I've like, I can remember like my parents going into parent teacher conferences and my, my dad being like, well, she did the assignment. She just did it her way. Like, like, like she's creative. And my, yeah. my dad would always refer to me as like one of the most brilliant minds he's ever met. But I also was told I was disruptive and all of that. Yeah. So as an adult, I got diagnosed with adult ADHD and I was like, oh, this is why <laughs> this is why things were so hard for me as a kid. Like I could have, if I just, if my parents had just taken that advice, I probably would have had an easier time making friends and fitting in and that kind of stuff. So um, I think, I think a lot of imposter syndrome is linked to not fitting in, just kind of feeling like the weird kid. Cause I was a big nerd. I was a newspaper editor. Like I, I, I just wasn't like the popular jock kid that like you would invite to the house parties underage. That wasn't me. Um, so I think imposter syndrome, whether or not I knew what it was as a, as I was growing up, um, I definitely felt it. And then it wasn't until I was in my first job where I had a boss that had said I needed to be wary of how people's perception of me makes him look. 
and he was, a, you know, not the greatest boss, but okay. that stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, that stuck with me. And then it kind of made me feel like I wasn't meant to be there. Oh, an God. So that, that basically, and, that, that just enhanced yeah. mm-hmm. you, the imposter syndrome. And what do you think? So this day and age, because obviously at school, I mean, it's similar to here as it is to over there. Obviously, you've got your groups, you've got your in groups, your out groups. Do you think with social media and the way the world is now, people are accepted a lot more? Do you think it's easier or do you think it's harder? Well, you know, it's, it's, I go back and forth on this. I think that the younger generation is pus- pushing for authenticity um, because like the beauty standard that I had growing up was like this eat celery once a day and, you know, get beet orange and tan and, and do all these things yeah. um, to like achieve these beauty standards. And there's now such a push towards body positivity, self-acceptance, mental health. I mean, there's, there's so much more um, lack of stigmatization stigmatization and a lot of things that growing up I was told were not normal like therapy is not normal you you shouldn't be having to talk with your feelings being Mm. vulnerable isn't normal like those kind of things um that were just kind of societally ingrained that have kind of been you know sort Mm. of the chains have been broken a little bit yeah I think you say that though and I think but I think back then it was it yeah it was rubbish but it was a lot more straightforward. Now, like you say, you are, people say, be who you be, be who you want to be, do what you want to do. And then you've got social media and Instagram where you're looking at people who are pitch perfect and have everything they want and look like everything's hunky-dory and you're feeling inferior. So it's almost like that everyone's saying, right, do what you want, be what you want, you can do whatever you want, but you look at social media and it's like, well, actually, no, you need to have a lot of money. You need to look perfect. You know what I mean? It's strange time, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, well, I say that, like, you only see people's highlight reels. Like, Instagram is just a highlight reel. You're not seeing the bloopers. Yeah. And so it's almost somewhat dangerous for some people who are susceptible to thinking that that's their reality. And then suddenly, like, they get very depressed or you know, they change everything about themselves. It's, it's kind of this weird situation where, I mean, working in social media as in marketing, cause I was on the digital side. Um, I, I started, I started to kind of hate it cause it was just like, ugh, like they know so much, but also it's a necessary evil. I have to have social media to work on social media. So, mm. um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it now cause we've had the pandemic and you need it to stay in touch. So it's, it's kind of, Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the other thing is as well now um, if you're a parent or you have children growing up it's making them aware of that you know mm-hmm. what I mean so they're not so focused on it that they don't realize what the real world's all about I think that's mm-hmm. a very dangerous thing um, I've, like, like you say I think it's important it's great yeah in certain situations but yeah, you've got you've got to be careful. There's a lot of money involved as well, isn't there? On, you know, yeah. with social media and things like that. So with imposter syndrome, so did that lead you to? So is it something imposter syndrome that you can work with therapy, or how how can you get through that or get, you know what I mean, improve your feelings with that? Yeah, I think in my conversations with people, uh, I feel like 
resoundingly the imposter syndrome or people who have found ways to battle the imposter syndrome have figured out what they're truly meant to be doing or they're leaning into themselves 100% and being authentic to themselves. Um, I know for myself personally, like as soon as I got laid off and I started doing things that like aligned with my soul and like what I wanted to do, I, I felt better. Um, do I still have it here and there? Yeah. Like there's times where I've got a guest telling me about all the streams and downloads they have. And I'm like, oh, well, we have like 1% of that or, you know, there's yeah. times where I see, you know, I, I, I can kind of see myself kind of comparing my, my journey to someone else's. Um, and I've had to kind of stop. And in a lot of ways, my podcast has been rather therapeutic. Um, but I was such a huge advocate for mental health and I didn't, I didn't actually take that step to like go and get a therapist and talk some things out from my childhood so I actually have done that now. And that's also made a world of difference because I've been able to recognize that a lot of things that happened to me growing up actually fed into imposter syndrome. I mean, I read a book that my therapist made me read and I was like, whoa, like did, yeah. did this trauma equal this podcast? Um, but I, I, I think in, in general for imposter syndrome, um, those that have uh, combat it are either working for themselves or they found the right career or they found, you know, a working situation that works for them or they found something that fulfilled them outside of what they're doing or they're meant to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think so with imposter syndrome, do you think it's something that uh, people can have and not actually realize they've got it? You know, and I, I would guess you can get quite depressed about it. Yeah, I think so. I think once you kind of have a negative loop where it's like, I'm not meant to be here. I'm not good enough. I didn't get that raise. You know, I'm comparing myself to Sally over here and, and I'm not married right now. Um, you know, or I, I guess like a good example is like, I have a, I have a friend that's on my husband's ship. And when I dropped my husband off for deployment, uh, he had texted me and he was like, it's just so sad seeing all these people with their families. And like, I don't have one to come back to. Mm. And I like, I had to play like a little bit of a therapist and be like, it's okay that you don't have that right now because it'll happen in the future. Maybe not this deployment, but like, think about all of the ways that like in the future you can manifest what you want. And it, it's interesting kind of to see people have this feeling where they're looking around and they're going, oh, well, that person has the 2.5 kids, the white picket fence, all of that. And I don't have that. Um, and I, it was easy to do that in my career as well, especially in a male dominated field. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so easy. And I think the work you, uh, you, you can be your own worst enemy, can't you? Mm -hmm. You can, your mind is saying to you, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. And it's almost a battle with your own mind to say, hold on a second. I'm happy as I am. I don't need to have this job or, you know what I mean? Have this car or this amount of money. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that can be a, re a real struggle. Well, it's a huge flex for me because I got laid off as a marketing director. I'm in a fortunate position that I'm a spouse. I'm, I'm, I'm an officer spouse. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, my husband was like, take this year and just like spend the time with me yeah. and like figure out what you want to do. If you want a podcast, do it. If you want to volunteer for uh, spousal organizations, do it. Like, I just want you to be happy. And he gave me that gift. And so I was able to have all this time with him. 
I'm stress-free. I wake up, I feel good. I get into a routine. And it's funny when the, the thought process says, Oh, you're unemployed. You're, you're available to do all these things. You want work, you're seeking work. And for me, it's like, I'm, I'm only going to take what is going to fulfill me. I'm not going to yeah. take something to take a position away from someone else when I have to leave in less than a year. Yeah. And I'm also not going to take this time away from my family that I'm not going to get back. And that's such a place of, of privilege, but it's something that I've earned. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, I, and it was very hard for my friends to grasp that when they'd be like, oh, I see that there's a marketing position. Like, do you want it? And I'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, t I totally understand. I, I was speaking to someone about um, on one of my podcasts actually, and uh, she was saying that she was really struggling before lockdown, and it actually saved her because it gave her time to step back from all the stresses and actually just take a breath. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I know it's been a terrible thing, and it's it's been an absolute nightmare. But for some people, and, and it's been hard for some people, but for some people, it's actually gave people the the option to step back, breathe, and just actually think, hold on, I don't need to be running 100 mile an hour everywhere. I don't have to do this job. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I mean, before before the pandemic, I had a full social life on top of everything. Like, I was gone. I stacked my plans. I was back to back. I, I was you know doing all these things to stay busy just on the weekends because I was worried that he was going to deploy and I wasn't going to have any friends. Oh my gosh, sorry. He just it's all right. knocked over a baby Yoda. That's all. Like, go on. Sort it. <laughs> I can edit it out. <gasps> he knocked over the baby Yoda. Huh? Yeah, it is a baby Yoda. What? Show me the baby Yoda. <laughs> I've been putting a, he, I dressed him up like a sailor. I'm in like this full ass cult now. <laughs> <gasps> Well, I bought the I bought the hat for my dog because I thought it would be funny as a photo, yeah. but the hat's too big, so I put it on Baby Yoda. Well, my dog loves the hat, doesn't want the Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda scares him, wants yeah. the hat. So let's let's completely deviate from what we're talking to. <laughs> right, the Mandalorian now over here. So um, there was a bit of controversy when the Man Mandalorian came out over here in the UK. It might be different to you, but I'll tell you what happened over here. So. Uh, Disney Plus was released, I think it was March this year, um, where you can pay monthly or pay for a year of subscription. I can't remember what it was. and uh, But they wouldn't release it until March, whereas I think you got it er a lot earlier over there. And mm -hmm. What happened mm -hmm. was I, started, I do a, a film show interviewing guests, and they all started telling me about The Mandalorian. And I said, well, hold on. It's not released till March. And if ever there was a TV show that was ripe with piracy, it was The Mandalorian. Do you know what I mean? And I, have, oh, yeah. you know, and, and I'm a filmmaker, so I have to say, oh, people shouldn't be pirating things. But people would blatantly just turn around to me and say, I've watched The Mandalorian. You know what I mean? And it's the one yeah. show, I think, no one could wait till March. We had to yeah. watch it. I actually did wait till March, you know, um, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, what was it like? When did, when did they release it over there? So it's, this is the whole, like, I think this, I think it released in December for us. Yeah. Um, and, and usually there's a delay because like the UK has different copyright laws than we have. And it's usually a d delayed release. Um, my friend actually works for Disney plus. So like oh, I had like the inside scoop. Yes. Um, and, uh, I, so I, 
watched it, thought the baby Yoda was cute, was sad there was no merchandise, but I was like maybe two bottles of wine deep at all times during the show. So I didn't really watch it. Then I became friends with this girl, Diana, the PCS from Italy. She's really into baby Yoda. She had this baby Yoda doll. She's like, you should buy a baby Yoda doll and join these groups with me. <laughs> because because we're both we're both child-free spouses. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, sure, yeah. like why not? Buy the baby Yoda, still don't remember anything about the Mandalorian. And then Diana's like, you can't come to these like baby Yoda Zoom chats unless you've watched it. So I was like, <laughs> okay. So I watched the whole thing. It was a very fast watch. I was done with it within a couple of hours. And I was like, huh. Because I've never been able to understand Star Wars, but I understood The Mandalorian. It made sense because it was like more like a Western to me. Yeah. yeah. So that was easier for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Smart so, dog Disney. Oh, no, he's just chewing on a, a chair leg. It's fine. If, you, if, you, <laughs> if your uh, microphone goes off, we know what's happened. Um, <laughs> now, The Mandalorian, what I love about it, and I watch a lot of films and TVs, uh, is... It's and I write scripts as well, and people ask me to read their scripts sometimes. And what I love about it, it's perfect. When people write scripts, they put too much dialogue on the page, you d and that is the perfect example. The Mandalorian, you don't need to say anything. It's mm -hmm. the look. Now with the Mandalorian, you can't even see the expression on his face, but you yeah. still know exactly what he's thinking, and he can just say one word, one turn of the head, and I think. That when I watched it, I thought that was just sublime the way they did that. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really good, emotive. I mean, and then, but now it's just like the merchandise that's coming out because they're like, whoa, two is releasing, so we have to. It's a lot, and um, <laughs> like it's think... ev it's everywhere. Like Target has like Baby Yoda hand sanitizers. Party City has like Baby Yoda birthday party stuff. Like it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah so it's we, a lot yeah we haven't got that much merch over here i don't think they're, they're i mean i don't know if they are selling baby yodas but i haven't seen them everywhere over here no doubt they will come over otherwise i'd get one for the for the man cave put it in here somewhere um because they're so good but um, yeah merch wise we haven't uh we should have it um this one's 24.99 and oh. it's see over here that, over over here that'd be about 80 pound yeah <laughs> <laughs> everything's so expensive over here for it anything like that uh it's so expensive do you with disney plus then is it a subscription basis with yours or do you pay for it yearly or how, how does that work i want to say it's 7.99 yeah. for, for me in us dollars i it's it's relatively inexpensive um and i for the most part, like I pretty much only turn it on when my friend's three and a half year old is on, or I want to watch like a goofy movie or something that I haven't seen in a million years. Um, yeah. it's, it's more of a nostalgia. I, but it's like, we have all the streaming services. I have YouTube TV, which we've had for the last three years with cord cutters. We don't have cable. We just have internet and I have, we have Netflix that my, my in-laws pay for. So we don't pay for that. We just have a side account on it. We have Hulu without any ads, Yeah. but it was more expensive to have Hulu live. So we pay like however much for YouTube TV, but it's great. It's like TiVo. You can watch things live, pause it. It's really awesome. Yeah. And it's been a great product. And then we found out that my, my phone provider um, pays for HBO Max. And so I was paying for it 
And then I was like, oh wait, I get this for free. So I have all of the things plus Amazon Prime. So it's like, yeah. really I could stream for days, but yeah. yeah, I always feel like there's nothing to watch. It's it's crazy over here. We've got Netflix is the big one. Uh, we've got Amazon Prime as well. Uh, but Apple TV, they released Apple TV, which there's a couple of things on it, but when you compare it to something like Netflix, it's, it's rubbish. Um, and that's really it. They're, they're the three and Disney. That's, that's it really. Um, mm -hmm. we don't get as many as you do over there, like HBO, Hulu and all that, all that kind of thing. Uh, anyway, but yes, Mandalorian. Excellent. Right. Um, now you said about your husband and obviously he's in the forces. How, mm -hmm. how was that, uh, adjusting to that? Cause I'm interested in how that worked. So when I met him, he was on a shore command. So when and the running joke used to be, oh, you're in a landlocked state because I was in Colorado, which is truly a landlocked state um, with the mountains and all of that. And they're like, what is he doing here? The Navy, Colorado. And my husband had a joke that he would, he's like, oh yeah, like at Buckley Air Force Base, there's an under, underground submarine base and it goes out to the ocean. It's it's, it's super private and people <laughs> believed him. And which, because they're, because military in Colorado is more Air Force. Um, and he's in the Navy. My husband's from uh, Orange County. He enlisted when he was 18, uh, went to boot camp, got stationed in San Diego, then Naples, Italy, and then uh, picked up commission and went to uh, officer candidate school. So in order to be able to do that, there's a couple of ways you can become, become an officer. You can be in for a number of years and and that kind of go through a program, get it. You can be enlisted with a college degree, apply for it, get picked up, go to officer candidate school, or you can go to the academy, then you're automatically an officer, or you can do ROTC in college, and then you're automatically an officer. So um, it's, it's interesting kind of how you can become these things, but my husband was enlisted for eight years, so that's what was referred to as a Mustang. Um, so he has a lot of empathy for his sailors and the people that work for him. And he works in, uh, in, in information and security. So it's gonna set him up really easily on the back end. I didn't really have a frame of space or mind, but growing up, my mom was always super into my dad's career and always knew what was going on in it. So I just asked the right questions. Obviously there's operational security, like I can't learn everything. Um, but when we moved to San Diego, it was a really hard adjustment because I, he'd never been on a ship. Suddenly he has to be gone. We used to have a really weird schedule in Denver where it was four days on, four days off, two days of night shifts. So I had every eight days, I had two days to myself yeah. where I could just, yeah. you know, do what I wanted to do with my friends. Yeah. And then I come here and suddenly he's gone for months at a time. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened and they were gone for a really long time. And and there was an incident that happened in this last one. So it's been a really crazy year. Um, and the adjustment, I would say, is just it's, it's different because there is no difference between myself and an enlisted spouse. The difference is that I, our husbands can't be friends, really. And also that I can sometimes have more power in my voice. So... Right now I'm working to do a family readiness group for the ship, which is similar to like a school's PTA, yeah, yeah. Um, which helps people feel connected because what we realized is the pandemic had, and a lot of these people being under such restriction as I have been, 
we don't trust anyone that's not military because they we were under such restriction. Yeah. We we're we're scared to kind of uh, reintegrate into going out and doing things. Um, and also the the pandemic is so fluid, and San Diego is a hotbed. So it's been really kind of a weird year in general, being a spouse, but. Um, no, you know, normal deployments, you would man the rails, you would watch them leave, you would, you know, be able to see all these things have homecoming signs. And, and this year, it's like, no, yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. What? Um, so over there with COVID, how how is everything over there at the minute? What's are you all in lockdown still? Or what? Ooh, uh, well, San Diego, uh, just re partially reopened some more things. Um, which was weird because we only went down one category tier, uh, which means that we kind of were out of the woods, but not really. And so now, of course, the up cases are upticking because they did this thing where they reopened a lot of stuff around the 4th of July, yeah. and then there was a huge spike, and then they reopened a lot of stuff um, in for Labor Day, and then it spiked again. So for us, um, for me, like, there's some things I do that make me feel normal. Like I, I go to the zoo, the San Diego zoo, which is world famous. Um, it's very safe, socially distant. There's hand sanitizer everywhere. They only open to like 25 to 30% capacity per day. Um, and you have to wear a mask at all times unless you're eating or drinking. And I just power walk it for sanity because I, cause I, cause I have a plus one. So I'll take like a spouse friend and we'll yeah. go and, and um, it's been really nice because the animals are a lot more interactive um, and because there's not as many people. So it's <laughs> yeah. been cool. Um, but now I know the zoo like the back of my hand. So the running joke with my friends, with anyone coming to town to visit is you got to go with Bianca because she goes like twice a week. <laughs> she knows the zoo like yeah. back, backwards and forwards. But um, that's, that's one thing that's open. Um, uh, there's a lot of outdoor dining, but, but what's crazy is they're trying to open things indoors and that's just not smart do you have to wear masks over there yes 100 percent at all times unless you're eating or drinking mm. uh if you're at a table outside and you have to go to the bathroom inside you're to wear your mask um you they take your temperature before you sit down in a restaurant oh, right, okay. it just makes it like it just makes it feel weird yeah so i'm like eh, i'm good <laughs> yeah it's this it's well it's similar here i mean it's different everywhere but you know, one minute we're told we can do a lot more. So, of course, everybody goes out and congregates. And then we're told, right, only six are allowed to congregate at a time now. Um, so it's just, they're just reacting. As, as the thing is, a lot of people are uh, giving shit to the government and, and saying they're messing up. But they're just trying to cope with something that's totally unprecedented, aren't they? You know, there's nothing yeah. written. We've never had this before. It's just trying to work out what's best. Yeah. And no, no one really knows. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's quite, it's quite crazy, too, because every, so there's 50 states, you know, and every state is allowed to operate. They're, they're allowed to look at the CDC's guidelines and go, okay, well, it's, it's we, we can do this, or we're going to open this way, or we're going to open schools, or we're going to do this. And so, so because of that, that's what makes um, the uh, amount of casualties, the amount of sickness, the amount of infection so prevalent, because we're 50 states that are operating this differently. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's going to be a bit, um, and I, I really, what did I, what did I refer to America as? Uh, oh, the croc sandal of the world. 
<laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll cover your feet, but there's lots of holes in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, actually, talking about sort of uh, the government and things like that, they're all in the new race for president, and whether Mr. Trump's going to get put back in. What was what's that? Are you are you very political? Do you follow it a lot over there, or do you just? Well, I get occasional texts that say, "Are you going to vote for Biden?" And I go, "Well, obviously, like there's no other choice." <laughs> We're not we're not a Trump household, and that's no, fine. <laughs> I don't, I, well, I don't, I don't. The only people that are Trump household are the people that vote for him. That uh, yeah. I don't think they exist. I mean, do you think he's going to end up running again? Do you think he's going to get it again? I it's it's hard to say because he makes a lot of promises that um, unfortunately people fall for and. I don't know. <laughs> it's, just, it's just madness. It, it's weird. It's weird. Um, and it's like, you didn't give me enough government aid and money for me to ever consider that I will vote for you. Sorry. It's just, you think, uh, I rem well, from over here, it's, you know, we're looking over there. Um, but I remember when he first went in the running and everyone's like, yeah, Trump will never get in. And I was like, look, money and power can make a big difference. And he's just going to show now that, you know, even though he's thick as shit, he's going to get in power again <laughs> somehow. Yeah, uh, it's it's it's. Uh, is it frustrating? Is is it frustrating for you in in the US? Is it? Yeah, it is, especially when you didn't vote for that person. You know, yeah. it's like it's like they tell you like as a kid, like your vote matters, and then it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, if you didn't vote for him and he got in, but he still did quite a good job, you could, you know, you could say okay, you know. But the fact that he just seems a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we better we'll we'll come off politics. I don't like talking about politics. Someone might be tapping this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay. Now, let's talk about your podcast. Mm -hmm. So, in lockdown, did you start your podcast in lockdown? Or tell us a bit about how it started. Yeah, I got laid off on March 20th, 2020. Yeah. And by March 25th, I had secured the idea, got the cover letter or cover, cover photo art and all that. I was like, okay, I'm good to go. Had my first guest lined up and... Um, kind of launched it and then it just kind of has gone from there um so i release episodes every monday at 9 a.m pacific um on the west coast time and uh i've had so many amazing interviews we were kind of talking about this how it's like you know you're just getting so much yeah. uh like people wanting to be Content. part of it yeah. yes that it that i've had to release bonus episodes because i have i had episodes that were sitting back there that were like my friends that that I love them but I was like I don't know where to slot this because I have like this person yeah. and they're a screenwriter but then like this is my friend Kara from college like I don't know where to put yeah. it so um I've been uh toying around with bonus episodes and releasing them at timely times so that like my friends who interviewed and gave me their gave me <laughs> gave me their anxiety ridden interviews a long time ago can feel like 
feel special too. Uh, but everyone has a really interesting story. There's no bad story. It's just that I'm in a propulsion where I'm trying, I try to kind of figure out like who has the follower numbers that I'm looking for, who's, who's willing to kind of post about it and hype it up because I'm hyping it up. Just like, you know, with this one, I will make sure that all of my listeners have this, you know, interview. Yeah. So it's, so it's kind of just making, just keeping up on word of mouth, but it seems like everyone and their mom right now has a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of, there's some great podcasts and the community's brilliant. Don't get me wrong, you know, on Facebook and that. Um, but I've listened to some podcasts and I'm not bigger myself. I'm not no means saying this is perfect because it's far from it, but I've listened to some podcasts. And I think Christ, I can't even hear what they're saying. They're like, come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I record through zoom and some people do Zencaster. Um, I record through zoom because it's easiest for me. Like if I have to clip something, I just do yeah. it right on my little Apple computer. I don't have to worry yeah. about it, yeah. but, but it's, it's also kind of, um, it's, it's been interesting because people like when I first started one, I wasn't, I wasn't medicated for ADHD. So I, we went in circles. <laughs> I was my tattoo artist. And two, I didn't hit my format until probably my fifth episode. And I had a friend that's a radio DJ in Denver. She listened to my first and she was like, you're kind of polarizing your audience by not saying like, if you're, you know, making it accessible. Like if you're talking about San Diego and I haven't been there, then I need to kind of have a frame of reference for something yeah. that would you know make sense. So yeah. she was she just like, she was just like, stay on topic, try and try and make be as inclusive as possible. And that was really great advice. And I took that and I just kept, kept perfecting it, kept perfecting it, kept perfecting it. Yeah. And now it's down to a science where my husband, when he was here would like sit on the other side and he'd be playing a video game and and he wouldn't have no idea what we're talking about. But yeah. then we'd listen and he goes, oh, okay, cool. He, he, he's like, you're yeah. just on autopilot now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's just getting over that initial fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And once you get into it, like we're doing now, it's just a conversation. But it really annoys me when people talk about equipment. You've got to have this, you've got to have this microphone. It's got to mm -hmm. sound perfect. I'm like, no. As long as it's you know, clear enough and you can hear it and it's a good flowing conversation, you know, that's yeah. the main thing. Get that started before you start talking about oh, yeah i bought like the cheapest i bought the cheapest microphone you can buy and it's fine and i'm using my peloton bike headphones like yeah. um, this is this is low budget like we're not we're not we're not trying to like you know be studio quality here and i, and I even like will make a joke like if i if i'm introing a podcast episode where their connection or their audio quality was terrible i'll be like the audio quality is not the greatest you know fyi but like you know that the, the interview is still great so yeah now you just mentioned peloton that mm -hmm. interests me obviously we do get those bikes over here as well mm -hmm. uh, and it ta it, it's uh, it sounds like you are talking about the uh, the exercise classes is that what it is yeah You've made loads of connections. Tell us about that, how you've made connections yeah. through that. Um, so I've had my Peloton bike since March of 2018. We got our tax returns. My husband was like, why are we paying so much in a gym membership? We could just go get the bike. We tested it out. We purchased it that day. It got delivered two weeks later. Because they're expensive, aren't they? Yeah, but you can finance. So there, yeah. there's a there's a 39-month 
interest-free financing, which is what we did. Yeah. We didn't need to finance it, but we were like, yeah. eh, it's interest-free. Yeah. So we financed it and we just paid it off. Um, and uh, now they just introduced a new bike called the Bike Plus, which I kind of want, but the thought of not having my bike in the interim, I'm like, ugh. So uh, Peloton, I actually, it's funny, I'm wearing a Peloton shirt and Peloton shorts right now. And a Peloton uh, trying to do a sponsorship deal, are <laughs> no. we? <laughs> No, I just, I, I just happened to be wearing it because I was going to work out after this. Yeah. So um, I've had the bike for two years. Customer service has been great. No issues on it. Um, you know, they do a lot of software updates. There's a lot of on-demand classes. There's something for everyone. They introduced yoga. There's boot camps. Yeah. They're now doing bike plus boot camp, which is kind of cool. So you clip out and then you can do boot camp right next to it with some weights and a mat. Um, and I... I guess like with the Peloton, it's, it's either an expensive coat hanger yeah. or, you know, a clothes rack, or it's something that you buy into. And I'm very motivated by money. So like if yeah. I pay for a gym membership, then I'm going to go because I'm going to feel guilty if like I calculate yeah. out 30 days of a month and I didn't use it for mm -hmm. the amount of money that I'm spending. And my gym membership was like $175 when I had it. Yeah. And, and I was maybe going five times a week, but really it, it just wasn't it was circuit training and it wasn't really my thing, but I always loved spin. Yeah. So I got the bike and I was kind of fair weather with it for a while. And then I found a crew on Facebook that I started riding with cause I was moving to San Diego and most of them were in Southern California. Yeah. And, uh, I did my hundredth ride then my 150th right before we moved to San Diego. I didn't have my bike for four weeks. I went every week to the gym on base where my husband was studying um, in Pensacola, Florida, and I rode spin classes with active duty military, and I was out pedaling them. Yeah, one, I'm from wow. high, high high elevation, and two, I had a Peloton. So she would yeah. she'd be like, "Oh, we're gonna do a 90 minute class today," and I, and she was like, uh, "But like, I don't know if you could like handle it." And I was like, "Bitch." Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, and I was, I kept up the whole time and yeah. I, and I did that for six weeks and then we got the bike back and I had, was going to turn 30 last June. So I was like, well, let's see if I can get to 300 rides by the time I turned 30. So this was like April 1st. And then I passed that and I was like, okay, well maybe I'll do 350 by my 30th. Passed that. Then I, we, I went to the mothership is what they call it in New York City. They have one in London as well. Yeah. And I went with my crew and I rode 550 in studio, met my favorite instructors. Wow. Had a great girls weekend. and, and it So was you awesome. say crew, is these, are these people you connected through Peloton? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're on Peloton. We're Facebook friends. Um, and, and then you arranged uh, and then we're real life friends yeah yeah wow isn't that amazing so through exit you know because i always say a lot of people will moan about exercise and say it's difficult but to find something like that where you've got friendship and exercise yeah. because exercise can be a bit of a daunting task but mm -hmm. actually you enjoy it because you're connecting you know isn't it great when you've got an exercise like that and you're enjoying it so much yeah, and Peloton didn't expect this to happen. People just, they created the subculture. They were like, we're going to do this, whether you like it or not. And then you're the an ambassador. You should get <laughs> sponsored. You should email them and get sponsorship from them. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> see, there's going to be people watching this podcast now, and they're going to be right. I want one of those. It's not, it's not so big over here. I mean, they do advertise it, and they look great. 
Um, but like I say, they are expensive, but if you do what you've done and make the most out of it and use it, you know, then that the money doesn't matter. But like yeah. you say, I think some people get them and don't use them to the full potential and yeah. then they end up just, you know, like a coat hanger, like you say. And, and it's like, it's like you can cut corners, you know, like you can cut corners and buy a different machine and that's mm. fine. Like you can buy the Bowflex, which is much cheaper. The Bowflex actually runs the Peloton app. So you can do that. But I'll tell you right now, it's just not the same machine. Like, and that's not me. That's not me being an elitist. That's not me being brand loyal. That's me just telling you I've ridden other exercise bikes and they're not the same. And this is a piece of equipment. I mean, it's made of titanium steel. Like it is, it is like if it can hold my husband and it can easily adjust between me and not have any issues in two years. I mean, it's a great piece of machinery. So I love it. (laughs) You are a pro. And also with exercise, I mean, you've taught, we mentioned about yourself, um, your imposer syndrome and obviously depression. Do you think that's something that helps as well with that kind of thing is the exercise? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that it, I feel like when it's part of my routine and I just do it, um, I feel good. I mean, I was kind of off my game for the last month cause my husband was about to deploy. So I was like, well, you know, like I'd rather spend the time with him. I don't want to take that yeah, 30 course. minutes away and be on the bike. But, but even when I was using the bike, um, you know, it's like, it, you can set your own internal goals. Like I'm, I'm, I just set a new goal, right? Like this week where I was like, I'm going to ride at minimum three, three days a week. I'm going to do arms this many times. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make sure that I ride no matter what and put it wherever I'm doing it because it's easy for it's easy even though you have no excuses right there it's easy to kind of walk away from it and so um, setting tiny goals accountability a lot of uh, the groups will do like challenges on the app so if you're like motivated by you know beating people on the leaderboard there's a lot of things you can do so it's it's interesting kind of how the community has grown over time and and what's changed and how it's become even more connected but during the pandemic it's it's been, you know, I've been, I've been grateful for it because yeah, like it's just right there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, gym's closed. A lot of people who go to the gym all the time, gym's closed. You know, I've got equipment here, but when lockdown fit and I do a little bit of running, but when lockdown ha- first happened, it's so easy to go, I can't be bothered. We're all going to die anyway. So what's the point in exercising? I'm just going to eat and drink. <laughs> you know, it was so easy, wasn't it, when lockdown first happened um, to get into a, a get into a rut and just not bother getting up in the morning. Oh, yeah. I had a theory that I was, like, drinking to uh, time travel because I was like, <laughs> maybe if I drink, it'll speed up time. Yes. Um, and that was like my first couple of weeks because my husband wasn't here when this all kind of shut down. And then, and then, and now I'm like, I'm like, well, we'll just give my liver a little break for a bit. Like, <laughs> you, you've done a good job. Blood panels came back normal, but like, let's not test it. We don't know how long we're going to be in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> right now. So what do you, going forward for the future, what's, what's, what would you like to get, you know, get out of you? Is it maybe you want to grow your podcast going forward or, is there other things you'd like to achieve? Yeah, uh, moving forward for me as far as career, um, I, I think of my podcast like a snapshot to 2020, uh, pa- you know, pandemic portfolio, but then also um, with the podcast as a platform for activism. I've done Black Lives Matter podcasts. I've done LGBTQIA uh, equality, trans 
I've done a lot of things to bring light to equality for all humans, um, but uh, especially in what's going on right now um, with uh, Black Lives Matter, um, that's yeah. been incredibly important on how we can talk about ending systemic racism. So for yeah. me, I'm outspoken. Um, I'm very loud. I have very big opinions about things. Um, but yeah. one thing that's very important to me is that my spousal community is deeply underserved. A lot of them are preyed on for multi-level marketing. And a lot of them are preyed on for being that single you know, stay at home mom, the depend culture is what they call it. And so for me, um, I'm, I'm going to begin volunteering for some organizations in San Diego on base. And when I start doing that, as well as the uh, family readiness group for uh, my husband's deployment, I'm going to be able to use those tools to eventually get a job with either fleet and family support in Hawaii, or um, find a way to coach spouses in the future. Because um, there's a lot of, especially right now, uh, I'm just seeing a lot of, um, need for that. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. It sounds like you've got your hands full though. Yeah. <laughs> and you get, and you're going to just carry on with the podcast, the podcast now, are you in such a routine? You, you're going to stick with it and just keep growing? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's, I took a couple of weeks um, off just to my, I've got a friend staying with me that's recovering from a bariatric surgery. And I also, um, you know, kind of wanted to take this time while Scott was in sequester to not really bog up the podcast. But it's at a point where once it's in my app, I just, I add an intro to it and I add whatever sponsorship thing I need to do to it. And then I just create a graphic and then I schedule that. So it's like real easy for me to set it and forget it like a rotisserie chicken, um, which is (laughs) nice. So I'll continue to, I'll continue to work on it. Um, and when it doesn't feel like it's serving me anymore or serving a purpose or not going where I want it to, then maybe I'll slow down on it. Yeah. The good thing is with a podcast, I mean, you say you do yours every Monday. You sound very organized. I'm not organized at all. <laughs> I just throw them out there as and when. Um, but when I first started doing this, I thought you don't need to put any pressure on yourself. I do it cause I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to people. Um, and you just let it run and you know what I mean? It's not like, um, mm-hmm where it's corporate or you've got someone on your back and that's the beauty of it really, isn't it? That you can just, mm-hmm. you know, run it and, and see where it goes. Now, if people want to listen to your podcast, uh, where can they listen to it and what's it called? Uh, yeah, it's called please don't kick me out. Um, it's available pretty much everywhere. I use anchor.fm to syndicate. So it's on Apple, Spotify, Google, I don't even know all the other ones, but, um, you know, you can find it through that. Um, and then we're on social media. We're at please don't kick me out on Instagram. We are PDKMO podcast on Facebook, which you can stay up to date with me. Um, where it releases every week. That's just like a reminder. And also, uh, you can email me if you want to be a guest at PDKMO podcast at gmail.com. Um, and then from there we can work on setting up, getting a questionnaire, if that's something you want to talk about. And when I have guests, we really just talk about our failures, our successes, um, how you've dealt with imposter syndrome, what that really means to you. And then, uh, things we're fanatical about and unpopular opinions. And so, um, the podcast episodes are anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. I, li- I listened to a couple of, I listened to one with an air stylist woman. I don't know why though, cause I have no hair, um, <laughs> but they're, re- they're really good. I really enjoy them. They sound, it's good. Cause you're just having a conversation, um, and you're not afraid to talk about 
you know, problems you've had. They're not afraid to talk about issues they've had. Um, so it's nice and hon- honest, which is always nice to hear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, now, if you were to give someone advice on, you know, how to beat sort of imposter, uh, uh, you've, you've dealt with this through your life, what sort of advice do you think you could give, Bianca, to people about that? Yeah, I think the advice that I would give is that it's a lot easier to be yourself and you're going to attract more flies with honey than (laughs) vinegar. So when you think about just kind of the wanting to fit in and that kind of stuff, there's always that desire as humans, we want to feel connected. But just keep in mind that if you are feeling imposter syndrome, you might want to take a step back, look at your life, your career, what's what's really giving you those shoulder demons that are telling you you're not worthy of having what you have, that you don't deserve to be there, that you're a failure, you're a fraud, they're going to find you out. Um, And then just a little bit of humility, like give yourself some grace and also just kind of walk yourself through that worst case scenario. So um, with me, every day at my previous job, I would get a, you know, I would get get worried or concerned that my boss would come in my office and be like, okay, today's the day. And what I, what was really helpful for me was to say, okay, like what is the worst case scenario? Mm. Oh, I got fired. Okay. Well then that happened and I didn't die. Yeah. So I didn't die. The world didn't end. Everything's okay. So just kind of, um, you know, letting yourself explore that worst option, but then not over um, being overly anxious about it because and everything's always going to work out the way it's meant to work out in the world. And I know that's crunchy and granola, but it's the truth. It's so true, be yourself, yeah. Yeah. be yourself, give yourself grace and explore that worst case scenario. Yeah. And I think that's a great, a great bit of advice. Um, myself, I think when I was younger, I couldn't see things that way. And um, everything was, uh, I took everything, um, I felt like people were t- having a go at me. I felt like I was a failure and things like that. But what it was, it was myself putting that onto me. As I've got older, like you say now, I'll say, well, no one's died. It's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. you, when something happens, your initial shock is, oh, my God, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Well, no, it's not. You know what I mean? It, it, and especially with COVID, I mean, look at people that have lost people through this terrible you know so i think you've got to step back sometimes i think just hold on a second how bad is it actually you know what i mean yeah. because when you do that you think hold on it's not it's not that bad <laughs> okay now i always ask my guests for a favorite just a favorite that anyone can access so yes. whether it's a film <laughs> tv or music just something that inspires you or something you love have you got a favorite for us today bianca Oh my gosh, yes, I do. Um, So the pandemic's been weird for everyone, but uh, a lot of people have been looking for things to do that are virtual and safe. And I am a huge fan of drag queens. I always say that in a former life, if I if I'd been a man, born a man, I would have been a drag queen. I love drag con culture, RuPaul's Drag Race, all of that. I have a lot of friends who are drag queens in, in, in real life. So, um, and a lot of friends that are LGBTQ plus, IA plus, whatever that acronym, they always add an extra letter. <laughs> I apologize. I'm an ally for your community, my friends. Um, but I, uh, so I have a friend and she's a Peloton friend. She invited me to go to her birthday at, um, and it was virtual. It was zoom. It was drag queen bingo. And I was like, Oh yeah, sure. Like I love drag Queens, like no problem. And I didn't realize it was Dame Charlie Hydes who was on, uh, 
who was on season, I would believe nine of RuPaul's Drag Race and wasn't, was a split second, like wasn't even on there that long. Um, and so she's an expat uh, with her partner, James, and they live in the UK and she's been doing UK drag bingo uh, at 10 at 12 PM, my time Pacific every Sunday. And she's also done uh, drag bingo uh, for the US at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. You can go to dragqueen.bingo and you can book her. But the really cool thing is that she said goodbye to my husband who was deploying. We all had a little toast. Um, and then my husband booked her for a private drag event for our anniversary because he won't be here. And I get to control that and give out prizes. So it's been wow. really cathartic because yeah. I'm part of what is called the bingo bunch now of regulars who continue to come to bingo each week. There's themes. I dress up. I always make my dog wear a little hat. And <laughs> it's just a dog. whole, it's so much fun. So that's my plug. If you're looking for something to do drag and queen you're bingo. into drag queens or you just want to have fun and enjoy your time and, and listen to some silly jokes that you'll hear over and over and yeah. over again, it is dragqueen.bingo and tickets are $7 and $6 of your bingo bunch. Oh, wow. I've, I've never heard of it. Now, when you said this to me, I've never heard of it, so I'll definitely look it up. I don't, I don't know about dressing up as a woman, but I do like a good game of bingo. Yeah, she does the uh, UK version, which or the European version, which is all, the, all of the balls. I, I have not played it. I just play the one at 5.30 because that's always been like, okay, it's Sunday. I got to get my workout in before 5.30. And then, <laughs> and then I got to have, I got to have, make sure I've got my fridge stocked with champagne. Okay. Champagne's popped. All right. Sitting here. Okay. So you win, you win, so you win prizes. <laughs> you do win prizes. Yeah. Um, so I have to, when I'm doing it for myself, I have to create the prizes, which is no problem. I'll probably just do Amazon gift cards, but she, uh, she does um, the first prize is $25. Second's 50, third is 75, and the fourth is usually 100. So you do diagonal first, and if you get diagonal, yeah. then bingo. Um, she verifies it on Zoom. And then if you you know do that, then it's top and bottom row, and uh, then it's blackout one card or blackout two cards. It's wow. So it's always just the same format over and Th over. This is going to be massive in the UK. I can just see it now. When you get bingo over now, this is a question I want to ask you. When you get bingo over there, do you shout bingo? Because over here we don't shout we don't shout bingo. We shout house. What do you or here? What do you do? You, what do you stay over there? You shout bingo. You shout yeah. bingo. <laughs> Why don't we say? I always I always upset my wife. I don't know. If we, have, we go yeah. we go bingo and I'll just shout bingo. Not that I ever yeah. win, and she's always embarrassed because here it's like we're embarrassed to say it. Yeah. So it's like here. Here you well, are. Like, yeah. Bingo. With, with, <laughs> I mean, it's easier to say bingo. It's like very much like yeah. screaming bomb. You're like, whoa, okay. <laughs> um, but when with, with the drag bingo, um, she, instead of doing bingo, you, you'll you type in like, yes, or like Shantae, or absolutely, or whatever her word of the round is. So it's, it's just, it's a who. It's, I don't know. It It's given me joy because I used to love to go and see my my queens out in yeah, town that are local yeah. and so oh nice. brilliant brilliant stuff right now i always ask my guests when we finish is to finish on sort of a, a poignant story or something they just want to wanted to get across or have you got anything you'd like to just finish the the interview on um i guess 
I, I mean, to whoever's listening, I, I hope I wasn't like the most unprofessional person picking my puppy up a million times. No. He's going crazy and rambunctious. Um, but I guess my point across in, in, is in this pandemic, you can't come out of it any worse than you went into it. So if you're not more creative, more empathetic, you're working on your mental health, doing all those things, you know, you have the gift of time right now. And it can be frustrating and it's a roller coaster of emotions. And I know that, but if I can do it, by myself you can do it too and um and and just you know be not be vulnerable don't be afraid to try a new hobby i don't know join a baby yoda cult do something and (laughs) just stay busy because that's all we can do and just continue to work on yourselves and definitely definitely well that's that's a perfect note to finish off on um thanks ever so much for coming on bianca and if ever you want me on on your show give me a shout and also you know we'll definitely catch up next year see how you're getting on because i I just think your podcast is just gonna just keep growing and growing (laughs) thank you okay no problem take care bianca awesome thank you so much so that's it massive thanks again to bianca for joining me today and also you for listening of course make sure you follow the podcast because over the next coming weeks there'll be some extraordinary interviews just they're just getting better and better and there might be some famous people popping up mark my words i might even try and get christopher nolan in to give him a good bollocking about tenet <laughs> anyway um the podcast will be streaming on the usual platforms including itunes and spotify so please leave a rating on there and subscribe it is important to keep up to date follow facebook which is my way of thinking podcast i'm also on twitter which is my way of thinking with a three on the end instead of a g every week i always put the whole conversation on youtube as well if you want to find that it's just my way of thinking podcast and finally if you want to get in touch or you think you may be a great guest then email me it's my what podcast at aol.com and in a few weeks time i'm going to be doing a q a about the podcast and what was put together uh, so if you have got any questions fire them along there to that email okay until next time god bless take care